All right, welcome to episode 10. And we got Drew Belcher at Unlocked as the 10th guest. Super excited to have him. And I'm just going to do a little fun intro here for those that don't know him, but probably everyone does. So uh, Las Vegas food social media starts with Drew Belcher at Unlocked um, as the first popular account the, in Sin City way back in 2014. Uh, Drew has blazed a trail that is the gold standard on how to optimize social media and be an entrepreneur in Las Vegas. Uh, Unlocked has, uh, from starting out by taking the best food porn pics exclusively on his phone, to posting short form videos regularly, to taking his connection with his audience to another level by talking directly to the camera on his much to watch uh, IG stories and so much more. I mean, you look at nearby cities and how the majority of food social accounts like places like San Fran, Phoenix, Salt Lake, Portland are seemingly lagging a couple of years behind what uh, guys in Vegas are doing, even the 10K follower accounts. And I think that has to, a lot to do with Drew and Unlocked Influence. Um, he's the biggest food social media food brand in Vegas with over 371K followers on IG, 1.2 million on TikTok. Uh, he's also the co-host of the popular podcast known as The Residency, focused on pop culture, business, sports, and all things Vegas. Uh, he recently mentioned on The Residency's 50th episode that most podcasts don't last 10 episodes. And if this is going to be my last fucking po uh, episode ever, I wanted to have it with the man himself. So, so pumped to have Drew as a 10th guest. Uh, welcome to the podcast. We're you're going out with a bang, but this is not your last episode. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, we're drinking too, right? We are drinking. Yeah. Okay. For okay. Sure. So I'm gonna I am drinking wine in the house. What do you got there? Banana whiskey. We're gonna do some Ambrose okay. banana whiskey. Absolutely. We're pouring up for the people. Nice healthy pour. A nice cheers. There it is. Uh, real quick, Phil. Great did you uh, did you write that out? Yeah. How long? Yeah, did I do all the intros like this. How long did it take? I mean, for you, it's like five minutes, 10 minutes, just off the top of my head. This is how I feel about your influence in the city and, and how it continues to be. So great intro. Yeah, if you want me to, I can copy and paste it. You can have it as the bio. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I want you to just be my hype man for here on out forever. So, <laughs> even with all the success you've had to this point, and I know you really don't care, but I still feel like you don't get the credit you deserve for all the shit you've achieved. Uh, you know, we see all the BS lists. Uh, by some writer or some magazine created about top foodies or whatever. Uh, you're not on it, and I don't get why. So um, why do you think that is? Why does the writers, why do they perceive you like or slight you like that? I have, I have no idea. You'd have to have one of them on and ask them. Uh, I kind of have my own beliefs and reasoning on maybe why they feel that way, which, I mean, I, I think they maybe see me on Unlock Story and on my phone and talking shit and being like that, and it's like, wow. This fucking guy is a douchebag. And I'm not a douchebag. Like it's it's all for show. It's for Instagram. It's for TikTok. It's it's not a fake facade, but I'm I'm playing a role of some sort, you know? And I think that's what's kind of catapulted Unlock's popularity is people started resonating the brand with an actual face and personality. Uh, as far as why I'm not on any of the lists, I don't know. I know I do talk a lot of shit about all the magazines. And maybe that's the reason. Maybe I'm like blacklisted from all of that. But again, the magazine, no one fucking cares. And then you have a new you know, social media magazine pop up and I'm not included or this or that. It's none of it means anything because nobody, and I mean fucking nobody reads any of that shit. And if they do, the first, the first place they go to post it is social media. No one physically picks up a magazine or scroll. No, fuck that. No one reads it. No one cares. And I still say, fuck them all. I have a bigger reach, bigger following than all of them. And so many people that are, are listening to this or kind of watching this and don't know me or know who this guy is or 
they're gonna be like, wow, this guy's a fucking asshole. But I'm not, I promise. But you speak the truth. I mean, I do. yeah, I do. no one can disagree with that. And we had a interesting conversation on Monday at Golden Steer about public relations and how you well, kind of alluded to the idea that, I mean, it's going to be an extinct business model. Yeah. So the modern day PR company in today's market is out of business in two years. They just don't know it yet. You know, so PR, what does PR stand for? Public relations, their relationship to the public. But where does the public consume and engage with 90% of the content in their free time. This device, they're not reading a magazine. They're not watching the 6 a.m. fucking news. They're not flipping through pages. None of that. They're literally consuming content on this device and the platforms that live on this device. So if you can go direct to consumer at scale, you're going to win. And that's what we focus on and do. And that's what I think I do extremely well. And a lot of the PR companies may hate that, but fuck them all. Fuck them all. <laughs> And I'm sure you get invites out the wazoo all the time from the PR and marketing. No. I mean, what do you, you just ignore it and. I don't even respond to it, to be honest, because they don't yeah. do PR for free. They're not doing yeah. it for free meals. They're not doing it for free or for friends. They get paid and they charge astronomically high rates. And look, they have no reach, no distribution, no leverage. They don't create any amazing content or else they'd have tons of accounts blown up, which there's fucking zero in Vegas at least. Yeah. Wow, I, I sound like such a fucking asshole, but I'm going to speak. True. So, so we, I was looking at the top 10 restaurant IG accounts that are run in Vegas, and none of them are from PR agencies. No, uh, uh, but again, though, followers does not equate to dollars, you know, so I can, I can back that up with that saying and be extremely confident about it. But if you're a new restaurant and you have a disposable astronomical budget that you have to spend and you want to hire PR to get in a little magazine article to clip out and frame and put it on your wall and jerk off to, by all means, do it. But if you're looking to spend some money and look for an ROI on that investment, you're not going to get it from a PR company because all the PR companies do is reach out to us to do their work for them. And I don't do it for fucking free anymore or a no. free meal or a free burger. This isn't 2013. I sound like an asshole. Jeez. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, no one should do it for a free, free burger and all that. And it's funny to me, even when I get the DM saying, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a, a couple of free boba drinks and uh, whatever for a post in a story. It's like, how far out of touch are they? Sure, sure. And again, it's not, it's not their fault. It's because the market currently right now is so fucked up because you have these foodies or these influencers that have started and created agencies or started running accounts on their own. Yeah. do it and they're doing it as a living like this is how i feed my fucking family like this nice ass it bought this house bought my card all that shit and you have these new foodies come up who don't really have a following they maybe have a full-time job and they get these invites They're like absolutely i want to go post and do a cool video and post for free for that burger but it just it fucks up the market for the people that do it full-time sure so someone's opening up a restaurant in say three months uh what do you think your your best advice would be then for some to get the word out, I mean, it's simply just uh, go so the social media route pretty much. Yeah, so it's not advice. It's the only way to go. Cause not only can I talk it up and pitch it and fucking sell anyone on what we do as an agency, but I've done it with my own businesses, my own food and beverage concepts. And I'm going to get ready to do it again with another one. It's oh. you have to create cool, engaging content on this device and focus on the platforms that live on this device. Instagram. Now you have TikTok. A lot of business and restaurants have to do TikTok now. Is there an ROI on TikTok at the moment? You can't measure it per se from, from like a, an analytical standpoint, but TikTok is blowing up these restaurants yeah. organically. It's fucking yeah. the craziest shit ever. But I would create cool videos, 
create cool photos and sponsor those within a certain radius of your restaurant and you'll fucking win every single time. So many restaurant owners, they want to be the best. I want to be the best. Vote for me for best of Las Vegas. Vote for my pizza shop for best pizza in Vegas. No one gives a fuck. The best known wins every single time. I'd rather be the best known than think I'm the best in anything. Always. I would rather be McDonald's than fucking Bob's burgers. And Bob may have that fire fucking burger, but I'd rather be McDonald's. Yeah, well said. And going into that, I mean, uh, you recently announced your foray into being a restaurateur, uh, which I'm really excited about. Sorry, not sorry, Creamery, which is will be the first what sounds like several concepts that you're working on. Yep. How long have you been planning this out? And why did you choose ice cream as the first one? Yeah, so I wanted to do an ice cream shop in Vegas just because there was no and this was five years ago. This idea has been just brewing and circulating between my brother and I for the past five years. There was no cool crafted small batch ice cream shops in Vegas. And there still isn't really, if you think about it. And I'm talking about very, very craft, premium dairy, high butterfat, 18% butterfat, extremely low overrun, premium baked mix-ins, candies, cookies, whatever you want, actually mixed into the product. Real vegan flavors, not just Italian ice or sorbet and marketing it as vegan because all Italian ice or sorbet is vegan. Uh, but there was no cool crafted ice cream shops in Vegas. So that was my reasoning five years ago. I had a social client at maybe three years ago called CJ's Italian Ice and Custard, and they came on board as a, damn, I've never told this story public. Can I get into this? Yeah, let's fucking get into it. Because I, I was wondering if this is all, is sorry, not sorry, a fuck you to CJ's like directly? Is that is that how you perceive it? Yeah. And I've done my job. Okay. <laughs> So CJ's was a social client of Unlock's agency. Again, they had is like 600 followers, dog shit content. He was posting pictures of like his fucking dog. And I was like, oh my God. So he sat down with me and asked, he was like, hey, what do you do for recess Italian ice and desserts? Which was another Italian ice and custard shop Would in Vegas. Up? Yep. Yeah. That was the first client Unlocked ever had. I was doing it for dog shit as a favor to, to Andy Wynn, who's my fucking like mentor, my big bro, someone who's got a very fucking close uh, pay, split pace place in my heart forever. And he was like, Hey, what do you do for recess? And I was like, Oh, well, they're, you know, a social client of ours. We take all the content posts on their socials and you'll blow them up again. This was 2014 when you could easily just post on Instagram and kind of go viral and not a lot of restaurants had Instagrams. And this is back when like one post on unlock just fucking catapulted you to fucking immediate, just super busy. And then, so he came on board, CJ's came on board as a client. And we're building and having fun, grew the account to like 10,000 organic followers, which is astronomical. A restaurant has no fucking business having 10,000 plus followers. It's fucking insane. And now you see some of these restaurants in Vegas, 100,000 followers, 50,000 followers that all foodies have built. No PR, none of that bullshit. Anyway, back to CJ's. And I had told them, you know, like I'm having fun with this brand, but, you know, I do have an idea for my own ice cream concept that, you know, I, I really want to open with my brother. Uh, he was like, well, hey, look, I already have CJ's. Like, I love what you're doing with the social content. We've grown. We've gotten way busier. How about you give me all the ideas that you have for your ice cream concept, and I'll bring you on as a partner. And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that sounds fucking amazing. So I, I worked out a percentage, and I didn't want any equity per se. I took a percentage of, of revenue from the top every month. And at the time, it was nothing. It was literally, I think, less than what I was getting paid as a social client. But I was like, man, I can easily blow this up. Gave him all my ideas. Dude, the boba lati, all the Asian flavors, the fucking spicy sandia. The, the crazy, crazy cereal setups that you had. All like, the fully rolled cereal cones, the cereal yeah. soft serves, the crazy concretes. 
all the quirky marketing, the cups, the designs, the neon signs, all of that shit is me. That is all me. That business was there six years before I came on and he could do nothing with it. I came on board. It took me six months to blow that up, opened up four new locations and now he's crushing it. And, you know, unfortunately I never got anything signed and I got, I got fucked over pretty much, which sucks because, you know, I, I truly liked John and I don't think he's necessarily a bad guy, but now I get to fucking go out and destroy him and not feel bad. Because as a man, if you agree to something, whether it's a handshake, whether it's a fucking text, that's your word. And if like, if you don't want to pay me $15,000 a month, because that's what we built up to, dude, I get it. But that's what you agreed to. And that's what I deserve because CJ's was fucking crushing it. And that's all me. And everyone in the city that really knows that truly knows, they know that. And I'm, I've never told anyone this. I've never spoken about this publicly. So you're the first. I've never even done it on my podcast. Damn. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, admittedly, my wife, I, we still love CJ, so we still go and wait and, and wait in the crazy line. And I see all the fucking concepts, and I just shake my head, thinking like, Drew fucking built all this. I mean, this is just yeah, from from nothing, you know, from absolutely nothing. That that business is his, but that brand, that huge Instagram following, those quirky cups, the all the creations that is his current top sellers, that's mine. That brand is mine, you know. So now, if he's smart he needs to go the franchise route immediately and just cash out. But he's a fucking asshole. He's I'm going to fucking crush John. So sorry, not sorry. It's, it's for John. And it's wow. honestly, it's for everyone in this city. That's ever fucked me over. There's plenty of them. I have a list of fucking past clients, other friends that are just dirty shit, shifty shit that I would never do. And my biggest goal and what makes me the most happy now being a new father is my son gets to grow up and know that his father has never fucked anybody over. Not for money, not for clout, not to get an upper hand in any certain situation. That's my fucking greatest thing that I get to know growing up is my son gets to grow up knowing that. Because John's kids, they're going to fucking know. I'm going to make sure they fucking know that their father's a fucking scumbag. And that's all there is to it. Fuck. And I still, I, I have it all in text. All the agreements, everything. So I may still hit him with a lawsuit and get all my money. Who knows? Right. He still owes me a shit ton of money. But he, he needs it more than I do, I can assure you. So... Yeah. And then you go, you talk about, you know, your whole journey, you know, getting to this point and, and honestly, like you were the, the test you had to go through all that trial and error and go through all that bad shit to get to where you are now. I personally don't feel like, I, I think because of you, I don't feel like I had to deal with as much stuff or people roasting me or, or burning me back then uh, because of what you went through. So, oh yeah. Dude, so thank you. Bad. <laughs> the best the best teacher my father always told me is pain. And my father told me when I told my dad, I said, hey, I'm going to come on board with a concept called CJ's that I've been blowing up. First thing he said, Drew, get it. Don't give him any fucking ideas. Get it all in writing. And I was like, oh, no, like we're so busy. It's like I trust him. He was still paying me every month. And then he just started falling behind because it was honestly it started to become a lot of money per month. But it's what I what I earned. It's what he agreed to. And unfortunately, it just didn't go my way. And he started falling so behind that it just, and I was like, bro, just keep the money, whatever. The, the great thing is I get to now do it again and again and again. He can't. He's got to continue to ride my wave. He's got to continue to try to talk like me on the Instagram. It's just corny. And honestly, I feel bad for the fucking guy, to be honest. I feel bad for him. His friends all know that I blew it up. His fucking wife knows I blew it up. I honestly feel bad for the guy. No, that's it. Like, that's it. I'm such a nice guy, but God damn it. We like... Your word is your word. If you shake someone's hand and agree something, you pay that person, period. 100%.
So this won't be the last restaurant. I mean, what do you mind sharing kind of some of the other stuff you're doing or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have one, sorry, not sorry, that's getting ready to open here in the next few months. Two others in the pipeline. That's just in Vegas. Uh, we're exploring Southern California, Arizona, and Utah after that. And then we'll wow. see where we go from there. Uh, obviously, you guys have seen me cooking burgers on my Instagram. Guys, when I say the shit on Instagram, it's coming. The burgers are coming. The fried chicken soft serve spot is coming. Like it's it's all coming. It's in the works. I can assure you. And this is all our money. Like we're not raising money from investors. We're not taking money from our daddies to open up some fucking cafe or donut shop. This is our money. Like this is our money. Our names on the LLC. Our names on the lease. Our names are on the bank account. And we're gonna crush it because we've just. I honestly, I honestly got tired of blowing up clients for dog shit money and then getting fired. If you really yeah. want to know. Yeah. And then going to the burgers, I was going to get into that later, but yeah, thousands of people have seen your posts on the burgers that you made at home, which you tout as the best burgers ever. And I, I was kind of hoping for a sorry, not sorry pop-up with the unlocked burger. So I'm actually going to, we're going to do a, a, I can do the pop-up next week if I want. Like we already have all the equipment, everything. Technically you need a permit, but I don't need a fucking permit. We'll pop up. Phil, I'm going to do a pop-up. We're going to do the I mean, Cali Bombs has his burger. I'm going to call it the fucking Bad Dad Burger because I'm going to show you some real fucking burger bombs. Bad Dad uh, Burger. No, it's not. That's not the name. That's not the name. That's a good name, though. Or maybe one oh, of them. It's definitely not. But uh, it's it's <laughs> definitely the best burger in Vegas for sure. And it's not even fucking close. But it's a very similar smash burger, in and out that type of burger. Shake Shack. It's, it's the same Shake Shack blend. It's the same bun, the Martin's potato rolls. It's a secret sauce. It's real American cheese. It's it's my favorite style of burger. Even though I do love a thick pub style burger, there's just something about that smash burger, that crispy, that craggly, that little greasy fucking piece of shit in your mouth that just drives me nuts and I fucking jerk off to it. So that's that's coming to Vegas too. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. So you were the first and still are currently the only Las Vegas food account to go over a million followers on TikTok. What are your thoughts on the shift that's been going on the last few months from IG to TikTok and its its impact on local business? Yeah, so it's tough to even pitch what we do, Phil, as an agency to an older restaurant owner for Instagram and social media management. You're like, oh, man, what are you fucking talking about? You want to take videos of my food and post it to Instagram and then I'm supposed to get busy and now you need to try to pitch TikTok? It's like it's such a different realm and space, but everyone – has their attention and their eyeballs right now on TikTok. It's a place that I don't know if you have to live there and continually post twice a day or every day, but it's somewhere that you have to start exploring as a any business owner, not even just restaurant. Yeah. You have to start posting consistently on TikTok just because you can go viral over the dumbest shit. Something that you may think is just fucking absolute dog shit, you can go completely viral for and it'll change your restaurant. I'm seeing TikTok change more restaurants in a quicker, faster amount of time than Instagram ever did. Ever did. Ever. I mean, you get fucking one local live-in fucking TikTok that goes crazy or talls or fucking a Las Vegas filter. I hear it all the fucking time. Meat is too raw. And there's the, the, the millions and millions of views, hundreds of thousands of comments. And then you look at these, these restaurant owners on Instagram showing the lines that they fucking have. There's a yeah. reason you have the fucking line. Social media. It's not because some fucking magazine. It's not because some PR company pitched you some bullshit spiel. It's not because the six o'clock news. It's social media. So do you think Instagram has seen its best days? No. So I still like Instagram and Facebook more, obviously, because first and foremost, we're an agency unlocked. So the ad capabilities on those platforms, I think, still outweigh TikTok's organic virality by far. But Instagram, the way they keep fucking with the algorithm, man, and it's 
it sucks for cool creators that want to post daily and are running so many restaurant accounts. Like when I send my reports each month and it shows, you know, engagements down 20% this month, they want to know why, like they don't understand the Instagram algorithm or this or shifts or any of that, or they need to start pushing reels. They just see that it's down, you know, it may not be sales are down, but if they're paying an agency to handle their Instagram and it says that engagement's down, it's like, they want to know why. And there's no one really knows about the algorithm or what it takes or whether it's reels, whether it's hashtags, it's just something that you kind of have to deal with and shift. I do think Instagram's going to fix it though. I think they're slowly realizing and because TikTok's paying their creators with the creator fund, they're going to have to do something because people are switching now to strictly just create content on TikTok. Yeah. It's been interesting. Like some of my accounts, like one was offered is now getting paid to go live, you know, the whole IGTV getting paid for that now. So yeah, hopefully they do, they do more of that. And, and, and people start doing more of that. I mean, it's crazy because again, going into pitch a restaurant, it's like, Oh, our price is X amount per month. And it's like, and if you also want TikTok, it's this and that it's like, they want to see an ROI, but they don't understand. It's not an investment. It's a service. It's the same ROI that you get from your dishwasher in the back. There is no ROI. It's just either you pay someone to wash the dishes or you have to pay someone to do your social media uploading, or you have to do it. And so many business owners don't want to tell you how well they're doing or anything because they're afraid that the rate's going to go up anyway. I mean, so I still currently run a good chunk of my original clients that I get. I get so emotionally attached to a lot of these clients that you grow from nothing to 100,000 followers and their sales exploded. And, you know, I've I've kept them all at a, a pretty similar affordable rate compared to what I think they should be getting for an invoice each month. Uh, but there are some clients that have said, hey, man, we need to pay you X amount because we've increased a shit ton. You deserve it. A lot of it's because of you. And I love those clients. And they can ask me for anything whenever they want. That's awesome. Who was your first client ever? The first one ever? Recess? Recess was the first one ever. $300 a month to completely transform their lives and change their business. Oh, my God. Yeah. But it was my it was my first client. Literally, Andy. Yeah hit me up one day and was like, Hey man, I have a cousin that has, you know, an Italian ice and custard shop. Would you be interested in running their Instagram? I was like, running their Instagram. I don't fucking work for them. Like, what do you mean run their Instagram? Like, Oh, they'll they'll pay you to run their Instagram. You know? And I was like, okay. I was like, I don't know, 300 bucks. He was like, yeah, done. Cool. You know? And it was like my first little test at it and blew them up. It was the damn fucking fish cone with the soft serve and (laughs) the And then the the bear with the soft serve that went crazy and blew them up. And it just kind of grew from there. Since this is a podcast, um, let's talk about the residency a bit. Um, How did this come about? And why did you, I mean, obviously you're a busy guy. Um, Why did you choose to initially start spending a good chunk of your already crazy busy life uh, to start this with Jeff and Lowe? Yeah. So I had known Jeff, shout out to Jeff Tomastic and Low Raven. Uh, Jeff owns Ambrose Whiskey, which is an all natural infused banana whiskey the first on the market it's fucking phenomenal so i had known jeff just from through unlocked and i had never met low before this and honestly i was going to do a podcast of my own just because i saw the shift that so many people were doing podcasts about two years ago and i was going to do a pretty much we were doing food and beverage local marketing restaurant owners all that shit jeff hit me up out of the blue and was like hey man like i have this crazy idea hear me out and i was like okay he's probably gonna pitch me some weird food concept that we're gonna he wants me to invest in and we just kill it and say, hey, man, like, I really want to do a podcast. Would you be interested? And I was like, oh, my God, I actually want to do one for Unlocked. You know, and obviously Unlocked has this huge following, all this leverage and distribution. And I was like, it'd be a no-brainer for Unlocked to have its sole podcast and gain followers and everything. 
And he's like, yeah, that's cool, but I don't want to do just food and beverage. I'm going to do business, pop culture, recent topics. He's like, I want to do it with my boy Lowe too. He's like, the dynamic we would have would be amazing. I was like, okay, yeah. So I met with him and Lowe. Lowe and I hit it off. Lowe's an executive at the Venetian, does the whole nightlife with all their nightlife and bar properties. And then we did one episode and we were like, man, this is like kind of cool. Like, again, we had no following. We had no fucking idea what was going on. Didn't know how to edit any of it. I still edit all the episodes, all the edit, the clips, edit the audio, which is a huge aspect. And we do an episode every week. So it doesn't matter like if we're traveling, if we're doing something like that, one episode has to be done and distributed each fucking week. Every Tuesday, an episode comes out, the residency podcast on all platforms. So we did it and we were like, look, man, let's see how long we can keep it going. I like having the co-host because it keeps all of us accountable and teaches us accountability because that episode has to come out, has to get edited, everything. And again, if I would have started my own with Unlocked, sure, it, it may or may not have taken off. But I may have fallen behind, you know, or, or not seen traction. It's like, oh, man, I'm going to skip this week and maybe stop doing it. But what I always say is you can never do your 50th without doing your first. And those first episodes were fucking, truth be told, our very first episode, we had Brian Axelrod, who was the vice president of Proper 12 Whiskey, Duce for Jay-Z, all that shit. Episode didn't even come out because the microphones didn't work and we had no idea what the fuck we were doing. So technically the first episode never even aired. But we learned that we grew. We've had some crazy guests just because Amazing. of yeah, yeah, Jeff's network, Lowe's network, myself, our network, crazy huge guests that we have no business fucking having for a no-name podcast. And then as that grew, I mean, we're a nationally ranked podcast. We've been in the top 15 numerous times. And for not being like famous YouTubers or crazy individual TikTokers, that's crazy. We're not being like a big, like we're not Barstool Sports or ESPN or E or any of that shit. No huge media conglomerate backed us. They're just us, you know, and I, I thought the city needed something like that. And I haven't announced it yet. Neither of us have, but we just signed a huge fucking deal for the residency. Um, I can't tell you with who or where or anything, but the studio is almost finished being built out. So we will be moving studios and it'll be great for the city. Obviously it's great for us financially because. Holy it, shit. Yeah. So that hasn't been announced ever. So you're the first person I've ever told. Oh my me. God. That's amazing. Congratulations. But, uh, you know, and it's it's almost like everyone always asks, like, dude, Drew, how does everything that you do turn to gold? I do have the answer without sounding so fucking douchebaggy, but it's like, dude, you just have to do it. Like, you just have to keep going and keep pushing, and eventually you will get there. It won't be the first time, it won't be the first episode, won't even be the tenth episode. But if you keep doing it and you start that blog or that Instagram page or that fucking YouTube channel, if you stay with it for six months to a year and look back you will have benefited from it. Absolutely. So stay the course. You will fucking get there. I promise. But it's, Amazing. Just, it's one of those things they say, you know, 85% of all first ventures fail and all of our businesses with my brother and I have just, all of them have exploded from our vape companies, our e-liquid companies to unlock to fucking everything. The podcast, sorry, not sorry. We'll fucking kill it. It's just one of those things. I thought it was a great call to do popular and hot topics because it, it doesn't matter if you're from Vegas or wherever, anyone can connect to it and relate to it. But I do, I do like the super niche channels, like being just Vegas food and beverage. So truth be told, one of our most listened to episodes is the Nectali Mendoza episode, the owner of herbs and rye, just because he's such a local legend from Las Vegas. It's one of the mm -hmm. most engaged episodes and listened to episodes that we had. And he's nowhere near on the realms of popularity as like, a Ryan Reeves or a Jay Cutler or any of these other huge fucking or any of the Raiders players, you know, but that's actually one of our most listened to episode. Interesting. 
just because he resonates so well in this community. This is where the part where we go into one of your favorite posts ever. I think I'm probably one of the few that has like numerous videos in the 20 million club on TikTok. I think I have yeah. three videos that have- Do you want to do a TikTok one? Yeah, yeah, you can do TikTok or Instagram or I all think right. you can see most viewed videos. Uh, right, but if they're, all, they're all Carl's fucking donuts videos. Shout out to Amber and Dave. But uh, it's the fucking donuts, man. That damn donut factory. I just jerk off walking around there and just like, dude, this is going to go viral. That's going viral. I just didn't understand that they would get the virality would be so huge. And, like, yeah, I mean, the chalk pours, everything. It's just so insane. It's crazy to kind of watch the content shift on TikTok too now because at, at the first, Andy and I first started TikTok together as a joke. We said, look, Let's just post twice a day, every day for six months and see how it goes. I did that. I just posted twice a day for the, the first couple of videos. It absolute fucking dog shit. I think I deleted them. But uh, they just kept going and going and going. And some of them went fucking crazy viral. And I started gaining all these followers and, you know, hit 50,000. I was like, oh, my God, and 100,000 and then 500,000 now over a million. It's fucking crazy. I mean, hey, the, the, the Golden Sear video is doing fucking great, too, on both Instagram and TikTok. And I am getting Dude. fucking roasted. I'm getting roasted on TikTok. God damn it. It's so good, though. I mean, I mean, Golden Sear IG's gotten like at least, what, 1,600 followers since last, yesterday. Oh, I, I don't know. But it's, yeah, no, no, I know. <laughs> it is so funny. So let's go into this. Okay, go ahead. Anything Cardi B and you're fucking blowing up. All right. <laughs> so go that's ahead. the advice for upcoming TikTokers. Well, it's well, different now because now, Phil, a lot of the content is switched because, uh, you know, some of my favorite like LA food TikTokers, you know, first date guide, me so hungry, food with soy, they started doing the voiceovers. And they fucking kill the voiceovers and everyone in Vegas has started to transition and do those now. And the voiceovers do okay for me. But now recently they just started blowing up the voiceovers. So I might turn up on all you guys and just do voiceovers and then kill that shit too. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think your voice is very distinct and the hot take that you bring to it. Yeah. I think people want to hear that. I want to yeah, hear it. Damien called me the Walmart fucking salt bay. <laughs> oh, so funny on TikTok. Damien's another fucking outrageous hustler, dude. I love that guy. Yeah, Hooked LV. Shout out to Hooked LV for, for everything he's doing. Total respect. So talking about this one specifically, this one we're looking at 868K, about 5 million views. Um, oh, that's nothing. You got to go back. I got views in the 20s. You got to go back? All right. You can just look, but uh, there's, there's a couple huge astronomical ones. All right, here's a 22.4. There's one. Oh, that, so that's the best loop I've ever seen. And I did that loop completely by accident. If you can find where the loop is, I'll suck your fucking dick. But the loop is so good on this video. And I did it completely on accident. Pump up the jam, pump it up. Why your feet are stumping. And the jam is pumping. Look ahead, the crowd is jumping. Pump it up a little more. Get the party going on the dance floor. Where the party's at, and you find that. Oh, you fucking pussy. Yeah, you just want to watch it over again. Oh, you will. She, she won't stop working for 20 hours. If you keep <laughs> she won't stop, Bill. She won't stop. <laughs> so, how did you get involved with, with Carl's initially? Did Amber just reach out? Yeah, Am Amber reached out, hollered at me. Uh, I sat down with her and kind of told her how it worked. Again, they're at, you know, a pretty 
pretty fair price, honestly, but I, I love Amber. I love Dave. Yeah. I love the family orientation that they have. And it, I'm so happy that they've fucking blown up the way they have. Yeah. It's been, it's been amazing to watch. And, and yeah, I, last time I was in there, it was just insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, Carlos does. And it's also a phenomenal donut. You know, if you just like that classic nostalgic donut, I mean, no one does it better than Carl's. I mean, chances are you've already had Carl's. I mean, they make donuts for every major gas station. I don't know if I can say this, but they make do Dunkin' Donuts. They make all their donuts. You know, yeah, no one knows. Pretty much that. everything but Terrible Herbst is theirs. And but yeah. for her to show us uh, last time we were there, what the ingredients that they use versus what Carl's is using is is like mind blowing. Completely it's different. It's a yeah. completely it's a completely different dough, sugar, everything. It's Dunkin's proprietary blend that honestly kind of sucks. But hey, if Dunkin wants to send a check, and we can do some work. <laughs> Love it. Thanks for sharing that. All right, cool. We're going to go into 10 questions now. Oh, also, before we get into 10 questions, I want to talk about Dirt Dog. Okay. Uh, one of the episodes will be about top top accounts. Tell me about how you got involved with them in the first place. I mean, this was like maybe 2018 for you? I think 17, maybe. 17. So Dirt Dog was also like one of the original five accounts that I ever had. And if you remember their, their original location on, on Rainbow and Windmill, yeah. Pretty, pretty dog shit location, to be honest. And they've admitted that many times. They first opened, they were not busy at all, not doing any type of numbers. It's originally from LA and their LA one crushes it just because it's by USC, which is an astronomically just busy campus. Uh, go Trojans, but also go Rebels, UNLV over everyone. I want to say I pitched them or maybe Tiffany reached out on Instagram and I went and sat down with her and kind of pitched. And T Tiffany's like the the nicest little girl in the world. And she's one of the partners. And uh, I kind of explained to her to what it is I do. And she was like, okay, well, I love it. Thank you so much. And again, I can totally see where a restaurant owner would be like, oh my God, who is this fast talking, slick fucking douchebag trying to sell me some shit, you know? And I'm like, God damn it. You know, I'm like, all right, well, the meeting went great. I mean, I'm a phenomenal pitcher. No one's winning a pitch over me. They may win on price, but no one's beating me on a pitch. That's just reality. Sorry, Phil. Uh, they may win the account based on price, but they're not winning based off the pitch. So, and then I, I, I went to meet with Kenny, who's another one of the partners who's a little middle-aged or well, older than I am. I wouldn't say middle-aged, but I met with him and he was like, I have no idea what you're even talking about. Like we don't run any ads. We don't pay anything. Like we're doing very minimal in sales. Like we're struggling to be honest but let's do it. And I was like, absolutely. I think I started with like a thousand dollars a month, you know, and for them at that time, that was a lot, you know, they were running no ads. We started with like a very minimal ad spend ad budget per month, couple hundred dollars. And now they spend over 10,000 a month in ads for all the locations and they've crushed it. They've literally taken their revenue from, I don't know if I can say, I shouldn't say, but okay. you know, but it's crazy astronomical. And now they have four locations in Vegas, just opened up what downtown on Fremont. They have four in Los Angeles. They just signed another new one on the east side of Vegas, strictly off the back of social media. And again, that's it. That's another client that I'm emotionally attached to. And I think they know that. And I love all the founders and everyone that works there. And they can ask me for anything, anything. And I say, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point, especially with client relations. Like, like I feel very emotionally attached to many of my clients as well. And when finding new clients, I, I don't know if it's just about the food for, for you and me, but also if the owner is even 
has their shit together. If they're too crazy, if they're too whatever, you know, it, it won't work out. So I'll be honest. I, I chased money for so long in the very beginning. I was like, oh, dude, I'll pitch all these clients. I'm unlocked. I can easily go get any fucking client, pitch them for a thousand bucks, 1500 bucks and go get any client. And I had so many clients at one point and I didn't believe in three to five, three to five that were just, I was like, man, the food sucks. Yeah. The content fucking sucks. I can't, I can make them busy. Sure. But it's not going to be a lasting relationship. And should I even be really doing this? Cause I didn't like the food. I didn't like anything about it. And now I don't do any of that. So I no longer chase the money. I take on clients who I know can benefit, who I can blow up, who I like, but I know I don't get emotionally attached anymore. Cause for the most okay. part, a lot of these clients, they don't give a fuck about you. They will fire you in a heartbeat. You grow them to 40,000 followers, increase their revenue. The first per place they look to cut costs and save money is, well, we don't need to pay the social media guy fucking $4,000 anymore because we already have 50,000 followers. I can just use all his old content or, or whatever, you know, but so I no longer get emotionally attached to the clients. I know going in, it's a business relationship. It is what it is. Here's our contract. Here's the terms. If we renew, fantastic, which a lot of them do. Some don't though, you know, and it's, that's just the way it is. Okay. Which is, which is why I started all my own concepts. So, hey, yeah. if, you own, if you own a taco shop in Vegas, I'm coming for you. If you own a burger shop in Vegas, I'm coming for you. Ice cream, it's already done. Donuts may fuck around and kill all the donut concepts. It doesn't matter. You know, so it's, that's just how I feel. But there are some clients who I'm emotionally attached to. I love the brand that I that I've built, not them, unfortunately. But uh, and you're the same way. You know, you look at some of the clients that you've built and catapulted. Amanos, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. What a fucking viral fucking thing. And that's another thing. You don't even have to be the first at doing something or do it the best or the best tasting. The best known wins every single time. Every single fucking time. And these restaurant owners, they still don't get it. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> oh, yeah, on, I can go all day. What else do you want to talk about? <laughs> Anything you want to talk about. Your mic. I, love I mean, it. yeah, we, we can talk about, I guess, the current foodie influencer agencies. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of the known agencies or known influencers, yourself, myself, I want to say Lindsay, Paul, that those, those teams, I think we pretty much charge a similar price and provide a similar level of service. Yeah. And that's how the market is a real true market is supposed to work and succeed and everyone thrives because Everyone's charging somewhat the same price in any, in any business, in any real market. That's how it works. It sucks when you have these young new foodies come up into the scene and then they do and run accounts or pitch accounts for two, $300. Some of them even do it for free. I've been hearing. And it's yeah, like, they are I know. for free. I know for free? Yeah. For free. Oh, yeah. Jesus. so yeah, that ruins the market for everyone because a business owner who doesn't really know what's going on, they're just going to see free or a lower price if it's just social media management. And that's not how a real true business market works and thrives, but that's what right. it is. So everyone needs to kind of charge a similar price, I think, you know? Right. So, but how, how do we correct that? Like, I mean, I see some of those ones, the $300 ones, the free, I mean, they're getting fired already from their accounts because they've never done it before. They don't know what to do. Well, yeah, because they want to see, well, hey, how come I'm not Dirt Dog or how come I'm not a mono or how come I'm not right. Cream Carrier or Jonga or any of these spots? So it's like, well, there's a fucking reason you're not. And it's not posting organic to your account. Like it takes some time. It takes some content. It takes some virality being reposted. It takes a whole package of certain aspects, not just someone doing it for $200, $300. 
Yeah. Like if you want someone to do it for $200, $300, I'll do it for $200, but you're going to get $200 worth of my time and my value, which may be one post a month. I don't know, you know, <laughs> on your account. And, right. you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so it's, that's just how it is. But again, they're going to run into the same issue that I did when I started out just going out and trying to get any client for $1,000 or $1,500. There's only so much you can physically do. You know, once you get to 10, 10, 10 accounts or 15 accounts, it's like, oh man, great. I'm making 10,000 or 15,000 or $20,000 a month, but I can't do anything else. I can't take on any more clients. And then there's going to be a month where you may lose four to five clients. And then now you got to go out and spend time going to find four new clients to make up for that missed income. And it's just a never ending revolving circle of sucking and fucking for new clients. And I'm done sucking and fucking. I get sucked and fucked now. <laughs> so many people are going to hate me after this. I love it. Oh my God. So, so that's, so you would say that's your plan. I eventually, it'll just be you owning the restaurants, marking your own stuff, pumping it up. And then account management will just be part of the history of unlocked. No, no. So unlock the agency will always be there. I mean, the amount okay. of revenue that unlock does as an agency is pretty high to be honest. Okay. You know, it completely changed my life. Never thought it would, you know, I do have two people working with me, not for me, Susie Hendricks, happy tummy 702 and Renee hungry in Vegas. Those are another two. That can, they can ask me for anything whenever they want. And it's a yes, you know, and going back to Susie, her account absolutely fucking flourished during quarantine because we couldn't really post restaurants or go anywhere to film content. So she started cooking at home. And her first couple home cooking videos sucked. She didn't know what she was doing. The filming was kind of poor or whatever. She stayed at it, got really fucking good at the editing. And she creates some of, I think, some of the best content total on Instagram. And now, you've, and now you've seen some other local foodies try to copy and mimic that because her posts get insane. Phil, I, I said, Susie, I need to see your fucking analytics because these posts are going fucking crazy. I need it. Just show me them. She yeah. showed me the person. I... My dick fell to the floor. Her analytics are fucking astronomical. And now yeah. instead of, you know, so Susie started working with me, got a ton of accounts, ran a ton of accounts. She actually left the win that she was a dealer at for yeah. fucking years, which yeah. is a push paying job, great benefits. She quit that to come work for Unlocked full time. And now she's making more money than ever. She's happier than she's ever been. She gets to work from fucking home doing something she really loves. And now she's focusing on like that at home cooking. She's got some brand deals, Phil. I know the amounts. I won't say the amounts. Right, right. They pay so fucking much compared to like the color one. Oh my God. She's got some deals with like Kroger and these huge fucking brands and cookware brands. And she showed me these contracts and these prices. She's fucking loaded now. You know? <laughs> I'm over here fucking sucking and fucking for, you know, a couple thousand a month for clients. You know, it's like, I just want to yeah. stay home and cook. And honestly, that might be the next play. Like I may just say, fuck all this, create my own little personal YouTube or fucking be more just me on TikTok doing at home cooking with my shirt off and my dick out and say, you know what? Fuck all this restaurant sucking and fucking shit. I'm going to kill it, build my own brand and say, Hey, sorry, restaurant. You're no longer going to be busy now. Sorry. You, you lost your fucking chance. Let's go into YouTube as well. You've had the channel for a while. I mean, what's, what are you thinking? What do you want to do? That? You know, I, I had, I started the channel right before quarantine and I still have some ideas with YouTube. I think it's still another place that I know that I would probably thrive on if I stayed consistent, but man, that YouTube game is a whole nother beast. It is a full-time fucking job. 
it's literally a full-time job staying home creating content or going around vlogging but yeah i may start it again and, and keep up with it and then turn up on all you guys with youtube and now and then kill youtube and then everyone's really fucked <laughs> i've seen a few uh coming up recently have done some pretty good work but yeah it's been it's been interesting to watch the the vegas youtube thing and how it's been going I just love how YouTube pays the creators what they're worth based on the, the YouTube CPM and the amount of views that those videos get. If TikTok did the same or Instagram did the same, we'd be so fucking loaded, Phil, but we're not. The only way, and no one talks about this, 90% of all the shit you, the consumer, sees on Instagram from all the foodies, myself included, Phil, anyone, it's all bullshit. 90, 85% of all of it is all client posts. No one talks about it. I'll fucking talk about it. I don't care. It's obligation. I mean, it's it's part of our livelihood, and that's where we get a lot of our best content. So that's how we're able to also get so many clients. Is hey, well, I also want posts on Las Vegas Phil, or I definitely want posts on Unlocked. And I'm like, well, fuck. Okay, so now we have to structure that in the contract. So ninety percent of everything you guys see on Instagram, it's all bullshit, myself included. So what is the best way for someone? All these restaurants try DM you email you all this stuff is there a preferred way for them for a a new restaurant to reach out to you is it still just a regular yeah. dm like hey please help me yeah so i get dms every single day as i'm sure you do i get yeah. emails every day as i'm sure you do pr companies email me as i'm sure you, you do but uh the best way to do it i don't even read it unless it starts with hey how can we sit down and really work something out together i don't ever want to see Hey, can we collaborate? Because a true collaboration is where both parties benefit. Okay. You're absolutely going to benefit because I'm going to come in, shoot the content, post the content. You're now going to get that piece of content to now redistribute and post on your platforms, run ads with and fucking kill it. And you're going to get posted on unlocked to 300 and I think 70,000 followers. Now 370 followers, 370,000 followers is fucking amazing, but they're all in Vegas. Like you're in the game. You know, yeah. it's, it's got more leverage and reach than a food beast or an insider or a fucking thrillist, you know, cause how many of those followers are in Vegas? Probably minimal. Yeah. You know? So the best way to go about it is you first ask, you know, how can we go about working together? And first, when I sit down with these clients, I ask them right off the bat and I already know the answer. I ask them, what's your goal? And they look at me like, oh, well, I, I need someone to take over the social media. And I know that that's bullshit. They all want their sales to increase. And so I ask them, okay, so what have you been doing to increase your sales? How much are you spending a month on ads? What type of content are you pushing out? The answer is always, I've never ran, I've never spent money on advertising. I've always grown by word of mouth. That mentality will put you out of fucking business in the next five years. You won't even be open. You won't be relevant. The only way you're going to stay relevant in this market is right here. And if you're not posting on this device, you don't fucking exist. You may have survived the past 20 years, but as your current clientele exit out of the consumer marketplace, i.e. fucking die, where they get too old to stop going out to eat, you're going to die with it. That's just the way it is. And what I love also, and, and I know we don't talk very often mm -hmm. these days, but I always feel like I take something away from talking to you. I always learn something new, and uh, I appreciate all the knowledge that you, you bestow and, and drop. No, thank you for having me, dude. This has been fucking amazing. <laughs> We're going to go into a few questions here. Number one, uh, my accountant told me I should buy a car this year and okay. stop driving my shitty beat up Toyota Camry. Uh, okay. Drew, should it be a Mercedes? It depends how much it weighs. 
Okay. If it, if it weighs over 6,500 pounds, I believe you can depreciate it and write off 50% of it. So oh, really, yeah, at least that's what my account told me. So I bought, I bought Carolyn a brand new SUV. Of course I made the dumbest decision I've ever made and bought my fucking car, which, you know, that was like the dumbest purchase I ever made was buy that car, but it was, you know, it was my dream car. Yeah. SAMG big body fast as fuck looks great, but God damn it. It is such a bitch to keep up with gas sucks. Insurance sucks. Dick. It's <laughs> such a fucking hassle, but I love it, but I'll probably get a Tesla next. I'll probably get a Tesla, but yeah. So if it's over 6,500 pounds, you should for sure buy it a nice little SUV or a midsize SUV depreciate right 50% off it off. Boom. You're good. Like the second year unlocked really made money was 2017. I had to cut a check to the IRS for over a hundred thousand dollars. I was like, I am never doing this again. How do I not do this? My account was like, well, you didn't really spend any money because I was just saving all the money. I didn't have my house. I didn't have the car. I was still living in the, you know, Carol and I were living in the same townhouse in Summerlin. We didn't have anything. I was just stacking fucking cash. My account was like, how come you haven't bought any money, anything? And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. You're not spending any money on dining, nothing. I was like, oh my God. So I, I cut a big check that year and it was the last year I cut that big of a check. Okay. My, my goal every year is to not pay the IRS anything. Unfortunately, <laughs> it never works. You always have pounds. Okay. My well, cousin didn't say that, so it makes me think like maybe he thinks I just have a shitty car. Oh my so. God, no. Dude, I'll set you up with a good accountant that understands, okay. what, that understands what it is we do as food and beverage marketers. All your meals are 100% write-offs. Your entertainment's 100% write-offs. Any marketing, office shit, anything, 100%. Number two, what's currently your favorite beer? Oh, okay. So I do drink a lot of beer. So are we talking like everyday beer or just like if I really want to like treat myself? Let's go with both. Everyday beer and treat yourself beer. I mean, an everyday beer that I just love all the time. I mean, I have a couple beers in my fridge at all times. Guinness, just because I love it. And it's, yeah. it's honestly not as bad for you as people may think. It's still only maybe 110 calories, even though you think it's, oh, it's a dark, heavy beer. No, Guinness is phenomenal. I mean, Modelo, absolutely, with a nice lime. Uh, and then Stella. Stella is like my go-to everyday beer. Just crack it open. Very cool. <laughs> I remember passing by you at Life is Beautiful a couple of years ago where you were in the midst of taking multiple, multiple selfies with throngs of fans. And oh, I yeah. didn't fucking bother you. <laughs> but is there one interesting, funny, or memorable story of an encounter with a random person that sticks with you or a famous person? Uh, I mean, yeah. So Life is Beautiful was a crazy, crazy event. That was... I want to say maybe the third year or fourth year. Yeah. Maybe a couple years ago, right? Yeah, two years ago. Okay, yeah. So we went there. We went all, all the days. I was actually there with Susie, I think, that year. Yeah. But yeah, I was getting noticed a lot, which was cool. I didn't have any unlocked shit on, which is amazing. Again, like I'm no fucking celebrity. Like I'm no one fucking special. You know, I have a lot of followers on Instagram and TikTok. That's about fucking it. So for people to like notice me in public, that's like pretty cool. I loved it. You know, so to get take pictures and like, oh my god, and like I'll, I'll follow them back, and then they go fucking ape shit. Uh, there's there's been some pretty crazy like offers from from girls and guys. You know, a, a lot of a lot of dudes find me funny, and you know, I have a ton of gay friends, but I love it all. I love all the attention. I love everyone. For people to even notice me is like fucking mind blowing. Is there one resort hotel you loathe going to? Someone says, "Meet me there." You're like, holy fuck. I mean, I hate going to the Strip. You know, just because oh, in it, general, okay, in general, it's it's such a fucking hassle. I would rather go to Red Rock eight out of ten times if I have to go to a casino. But I mean, I love the Cosmo. I love the Cosmo's dining options. I love winning an encore. I'm super excited for Resorts World to open. 
you know, I don't know if Virgin will make it. I hope that they do, but I, I think they're they're going for a completely super cool niche demographic that I don't know works that far off the strip. I mean, we saw Palms try to do it and, and that didn't work out. But I love all, I mean, all the casinos in Vegas are, or, I mean, I mean, fuck, maybe the Excalibur. I mean, when's the last time you got the Excalibur? I can't remember two years hey, ago. Hey, you know, the Excalibur, because all the tourists, they don't know. They see the castle and the pyramid. Yeah. And you know, they, they see the New York, New York, like, oh man, I want to stay there. And it's like, dude, you do not want to stay there. When you come to Vegas. All right. I, I, I think my least favorite is the link. That garage still. Well, I have never, waterfall going off. I've never even been to the link. I mean, I've been to the link, but like Imperial Palace. Yeah, yeah. Imperial Palace. Oh my yeah. god, that's my least favorite. So, yeah. uh, you're a, you're a big sports guy. Uh, would you rather have an MLB team or an NBA team move to Vegas first? Oh, baseball for sure. Okay, even yeah, you're though, a pitcher, right? Yeah, yeah. Even though uh, I think the NBA would be more lucrative and catch on more in Vegas by far. I don't think it's even close. Because uh, Vegas is obviously insanely fucking hot in the summer. So all the baseball games would have to be played at night and or indoors. And being 83 home games a year, I don't know if Vegas can – I don't know if Vegas is ready for that kind of commitment and that amount of fans in a stadium at once for that right. many games. Okay. I think NBA would fucking crush it, to be honest. They already yeah. have the stadium. They already have T-Mobile. We're already a huge fucking draw for everyone to come in and visit. That's why the Raiders will be so successful. The Raiders will be fucking dog shit, but it'll be the hottest ticket to get in the NFL coming up this season. It is, yeah. Because I mean, everybody right now, like four fifty, it's ridiculous. It's insane. We looked at season tickets like we have for the Knights. Fuck no, I'm not paying that. Not even fucking close. Yeah. But the Raiders will do so well because Vegas is the perfect example as a tourist, as as someone living in fucking Minnesota or Green Bay, where it's fucking negative 20 degrees. And they were like, oh, babe, the Packers are playing the Raiders in two weeks. Let's go to Vegas. We can we can take the kids. We can go to the, the pool, or we can go see some shows, have some amazing dinners. And, oh, my God, we can squeeze in a Packers game on Sunday. They're playing the Raiders. It's like the perfect excuse to go to Vegas. So it'll do totally. great for the economy here. Totally. Okay, so legit numbers only. Which currently ho holds more value? Five million followers on TikTok or Instagram? Instagram. For Do sure. you think that will be different in 2023? Well, again, like five million followers in general, or is a five yeah. million follower niche account? Are you talking like restaurants or like general. what are you talking about? Uh wow. so like say food. But is it just an overall food account like yeah. Instagram? And then it's just a regular food account on TikTok? Yeah. Shit, that's tough. To drive money right now, I would say. There's no studies on this yet, for sure. It's, I know, so I know. There's none. I'm, I'm just acting an expert, so. I, I would say Instagram, currently. Okay. Favorite movie of all time? Shit. You're going to fucking laugh. You're going to laugh. I mean, I have a ton of favorite movies, but if there's ever this movie that's on and I see it on TV on, Carolyn already knows. I'm stopping the fucking channel. We're not watching all that bullshit. We're watching this movie right now, and that movie is Fast and the Furious. Yeah? <laughs> all right. Dog shit. I'm going to rewatch it now. Yeah, so we have a we have a, a nice little cinema downstairs with a huge projector. Oh yeah, I mean, we've seen it on the stories with the candy laid out, everything. Yeah, 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 and we watch a ton of Pornhub and just you know. But when we're watching movies, she just decorated and put some movie posters on the wall. I said you can put whatever the fuck you want on here, but you have to put a Fast and Furious movie poster up there. <laughs> and she did. There's a Fast and Furious. You've marketed a ton of stuff over the years. What's the one thing you've looked back and been like, what the fuck, like? I ran a, an apartment complex IG account that was geared towards stoners 
and people with big dogs. Is there anything that you look back on and been like, I can't believe I. Oh, like when this whole like Instagram management shit started? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, or yeah. anything. Or any any kind of yeah. thing that you pushed. 100%. This was like maybe four or five years ago before like ads were really a thing. They just yeah. all unlocked. I'm like, oh my God, can you help my business? And I was like, again, going back to chasing money, which I no longer do. Right. I ran, a fuck, I ran a fucking like weird like IV hydration fucking Instagram. Really? It, was, it was the weirdest thing ever. It's like you can't really promote needles on Instagram. So right. I was like, like, man, we have to build a complete lifestyle brand around this before lifestyle brands were like a thing. I was like, oh man, we got to post like cool travel videos, cool party videos, cool like sports videos just to incorporate that whole active lifestyle for, you know, you're hung over the next day or you don't want to be hung over. That's the way we have to go about it. And I fucking hated it. <laughs> That's tough, man. Holy the shit. Worst. Was, I mean, I could definitely do it now for sure. Just right. Ad capabilities, but trying to do it organically, I was like, "Oh my god, this is like the yeah. worst thing ever." Yeah, like you got a hot girl just laying on the bed, just with the. Oh my the god! I don't know. It was so bad. It was so bad. I fucking hated it. Hey, <laughs> people are gonna watch this episode and they're like, "Dude, this guy is such a fucking douchebag." No well, one should also, do anything. I'm getting. I'm way more red than before the episode started. So Good. yeah, you're drinking, <laughs> man. You don't really, yeah. I know. I know. Hey, maybe we should have smoked a whole bunch of weed. We could do that. We could do that. When, once we get a, a weed endorsement, that'd be awesome. I'm done. I can get you one. Yeah. Oh, fuck I yeah. One. I, I need one. one. I can get you one. Done. Are you into weed? Like consuming cannabis? Yeah. Yeah. So to be honest, no. I, I never really got into like consuming a ton of cannabis, except for that one time we were at that event, pop that gummy. Do you remember years ago? Max's. Hey, we yes. Hey, we were <laughs> fucking high. Hey, we were high so fuck. high. And then they pulled out like a PowerPoint presentation. I was like, what the fuck? What's going on? What's going on? It's so, so embarrassing when they pulled out the PowerPoint presentation. Like, I cannot believe Drew is here and they fucking pulled out a PowerPoint presentation about Filipino food. Man, I was so high. I was so high. Oh my God. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't really like, you're not going to see me like at my house, like smoke a blunt. You know what I mean? Right, uh, right, right. I'll, I'll dabble in like maybe a gummy or something every now and then, but it's like, I just get way too high, man. Like, I don't know my tolerance because I haven't done enough of it, but I like it way more than being hung over. And every time I drink, I, I don't stop. And I'm like a super happy drunk. I just continue. And then I wake up feeling like a fucking asshole and complete dog shit. So maybe I will get more into weed. I don't know. We got the hockey game coming up tonight too. I'm not going. I'm not going. I, I know. Oh. I know. I, I know. I told you I was going to go, but I I'm was not, a bad luck thing. A little bit, a little bit, but I'm going to spend some time with the family. And I, I've been out every night for the past three nights, just to work shit. And then we had our company party last night and I just been out every night. Okay, well, this about wraps it up. Uh, Drew, is there anything else you want to plug? Or uh, Yeah, uh, I love this city. I have one huge mantra and a statement that I pretty much live by. It's, you know, if you take care of this city, meaning Las Vegas, this city will take care of you. Never forget it. That's awesome. Oh, and, you, and, and don't be a fucking scumbag, all right? That shit's not cool. Be, be nice. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, sir. Cool. Thanks, Phil. Phil, it's been a fucking blast, man. Anything I can do in the future, I'm on board. I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank Thank you. you for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Thank you, brother. Thanks for tuning into the Las Vegas Phil Food and Social Podcast. For more information about me and where I've been dining recently, check out my Instagram and TikTok at Las Vegas Phil or feel free to drop me an email at lasvegasphil at gmail.com. Stay tuned as a new episode of my show debuts each week on the Eat, Drink, and Dine podcast network every Wednesday at noon. 
My guest next week will be Daniel Kim, aka Donk You Very Much, one of my IG accounts and TikTok accounts. And I uh, can't wait to talk to him.